Uh, Kenneth is actually just an AI, by the way. You wouldn't believe it. I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everybody, this is episode 43 of the ZA Dev Chat podcast. Uh, this evening I'm joined by Kenneth Kalmer. Hello everyone. And we are here to discuss the intellect challenge. So with us we have Henny Brink. Hi there. Uh, Thomas Lovravich. Hello everyone. And Rishal Herbens. Hi guys. Cool. So to kick us off, perhaps can you guys uh, give us an introduction of yourselves, just some background for the listeners. Uh, Henny, why don't you go first? Uh, so I'm a software engineer, joined Intellect about a little bit more of a year ago, um, primarily focusing on Android development and whatnot. And yeah, this year I decided to help them out with the Intellect Challenge, coding the game engine and everything that makes all competition tick. Awesome. Uh, Thomas Lab? So I've been in the industry for about 11 years now. Um, I started off as a cowboy developer, jack of all trades, worked primarily in the mining industry um, and casino industries. I joined Intellect about a year and six months ago, and I'm currently, my role there is as a TL, uh, team lead. So I'm currently running two different teams. Um, and that's about it. Cool. And Rochelle? Cool. Um, I'm Rochelle. I run a few teams and take care of a few clients at Intellect, uh, mainly involved in solution design, architecture, and making sure those teams run smoothly. Um, I recently founded Prolific Idea last year, where um, we're building many productivity tools. Um, basically, the whole idea is trying to make these crazy ideas happen and see if they're feasible or not. Uh, yeah, I'm also involved, quite quite involved in the community, um, trying to run a few initiatives around AI and things like that, design thinking and UX. Um, so yeah, that's me. Awesome, guys. Thanks for joining us and taking the time this evening to talk about the Intellect Challenge. Uh, so what we're talking about this evening is uh, the Intellect Challenge, which if you're interested in finding out about this, it's at challenge.intellect.coza. Uh, and... It's really become quite a well-known competition in the community. I've heard about it for a few years now, uh, and it looks like it's gaining quite a lot of popularity and uh, challenging programmers, developers to really st stretch into that AI space. So perhaps to start talking about this, um, can we talk about the background of the AI challenge and what motivated Intellect to launch this competition in the first place? Um so essentially, the challenge has been running for the last five years. This is our fifth year now. Um, the original idea was that Intellect had realized there was a gap in the community whereby software developers are going to work, they're uh, pushing out code, and they sometimes often they, they don't have the ability to try out um, cool things. So Intellect decided, well, how could we actually get people to bring the fun into software development? Um, and that was when the original, uh, it was called the 100K Challenge before um, started out. 
Cool. So five years in now, and I'm sure that the the competition must have evolved over time. What's been the the biggest takeaway or um, the biggest thing that surprised you over the last five years about the about the challenge that um, as things have evolved? Um, all right. So I think a lot has changed. We've learned a lot from the past five years of running this challenge. In the first year, we started with Tron, a very simple game. We got a lot of interest, almost 100 entries at the end of that. Um, and we took a lot away from that. Uh, things like people needed a a quick start guide to get, get up and going. Uh, people needed to be able to test their bots against other bots to determine if they're working before they submit their final entry. Just small things like that. But Overall, um, we decided to get more involved in terms of having open source projects that people can contribute to, being transparent with the game engine that we develop for each game and make that available to everyone to criticize, inspect, and also contribute to on GitHub. Um, we also created the forum where people can discuss their ideas and and really collaborate and clarify any misunderstandings that they may have. And that actually turned out to be a really good tool because people started collaborating uh, sharing ideas, which you would think is a bit strange um, if you're competing for 100,000 Rand in cash. But that's what we wanted to develop and grow and highlight in the community that as a development community, we want to share our ideas and we want to work together. It's not really about the end goal, but it's about the process of getting there and learning in that process. So perhaps could you just outline what the format of the competition is um, in terms of what you're expecting people to do with uh, with the challenge, particularly for this year? All right. For this year, we decided to choose um, Bomberman as the game that we, uh, we implemented for the game, uh, for the AI challenge. Reason for that is in the first few years of the challenge, we had games that were reliant on pathfinding. Last year, we tried something around... Um, resource optimization with Space Invaders. And this year we wanted to combine those two aspects. So we've got some resource optimization, some pathfinding. Um, we really wanted to make the challenge a bit different, but still easily accessible to people of you know varying abilities. So we're, we want people in school or universities or even professionals to try out the challenge. So this year our goal was to try and make the challenge as interesting as possible while still making it as accessible as possible to as many people that we can. Uh, this year, there's also a big drive for um, community involvement. We'd like to hold, host a bunch of events uh, where the community can get involved, whether it's collaborating with each other, competing against each other, learning from each other, or even consulting some experts in the industry uh, to help them or get some advice from them on how to build their bots. So the whole goal is to focus on the community and build up the community and get everyone involved in this challenge. Also, what we've done is we've increased the prize money, and that's not for a single person. This year, we've strategically allowed for multiple people to be able to win some sort of prize. Historically, one person walked away with 100,000 Rand, and everyone else didn't really get anything. We did have some spot prizes. However, this year, we're rewarding the top eight competitors um, of the challenge with some prize money. One of the things that we did in the beginning of the year was we sent out a survey to uh, previous entrants and contestants, and we kind of wanted to get a feel for uh, 
from the guys what they were interested in doing. So one of the takeaways was obviously, as Rochelle mentioned now, the fact that our money uh, or prize money has now been split up uh, significantly. So as opposed to one person walking away with 100,000 Rand, we're trying to reward um, all the people that, you know, the, the top contestants with prize money as well. It takes a lot to to spend, you know, a couple of months perfecting your algorithms and bots. And for one person to walk away with the prize money, a lot of the guys had felt as though it didn't reward them enough for, for putting in the effort. Yeah, and I think one of the interesting things for this year as well is we're breaking away a bit from the traditional 2v2 platform and we're going 4v4 with four guys challenging against each other in a single game. Okay, so you've got uh, you've got one game running eight bots at the same time then. Is that right? Uh, no, it's four bots at the same time. But you say 4v4, how does how does that play out? So I'm not familiar with Bomberman. Maybe I'm just too young for that. <laughs> so it's basically four four bots play on a map and they must ultimately try to uh, kill each other either by cleverly trapping other players around, killing them with the bombs, or just running around on the map, destroying walls, picking up uh, some of the power-ups, and gaining some points until the max rounds run out. Uh, if you actually go through to the challenge.intellect.ca.ca website, we have a button called Launch Games. So one of our developers has built a, a UI that runs on top of our game engine. Um, so the guys can actually go and have a look at what the competition is about. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. It's a, um, it's a Unity game that Michael Stickling has built. And it's basically a Bomberman game that implements the exact same rules as a competition that you can play against your friend on your computer with no coding required. So anyone, even non-developers, can go out and try it. Oh, that's pretty cool. So you've got the exact same game engine and... Um, I assume we've got the game engine available in code there so that people can actually test their bots against it. Uh, that's right, yes. So on the GitHub page, the source code for the game engine and everything is available, as well as uh, sample bots for some of the most popular languages the guys will be coding in and that we're officially supporting. And then there's also binaries and stuff available for you to just directly run the game engine if you don't want to worry about compiling the source code, everything yourself. Very cool. So you mentioned specifically you're building up some events and things before the, the competition to get more community involvement and get people share, be sharing ideas, whether it's through the forums and through uh, sitting together in person. The entries at the end, though, are still individual entries. It's not, they're not team entries, are they? Uh, no, the entries at the end are all individual entries. So each bot will be, each guy will be developing their own bot and They'll just be playing four bots, four entries against each other, essentially. The other thing is we've we've actually got, technically speaking, two competitions running. One is for software engineers and developers to build their AI bots. And another one is what we call the GUI challenge. So we're trying to get graphic designers and so forth to build a great user interface that then obviously is connecting to the game engine and displaying as the bots are running and so forth. Oh, is this the first time? you're running the GUI challenge uh, alongside the, the AI challenge? No, this is actually we've had the GUI challenge ever since the third year. So from Pac-Man, we introduced the GUI challenge. And actually, some of those uh, some of those entries are really, really impressive. I think I'll send out some links to them when I have some, just have to get hold of them. But um, 
some of the guys from Make Games SA built some cool visualizers that ended up winning. Um, maybe I can give you a little bit of a background just on the the kind of format of the the competition. Um, so essentially, what we we launched the competition, uh, I think the first or second week of April. And essentially, we're, we put out uh, all the source code and stuff so that the guys can download from the repos and start building their bots. In the next coming weeks, we're going to be releasing our player portal. Um, this is going to allow the contestants to actually submit their bots and so forth. Rochelle can actually give you some more details on that um, a little bit later. And then we head off to a playoff event. I think we've got the competition end date i'm just i actually need to look at the website quickly and the competition closes on friday the 2nd of september and then we generally host a playoff event um on saturday the 17th of september this is a sort of event where we like to get all the contestants or the finalists in um, a particular room we we host food we cater for everyone we're trying to get everybody together and then they can actually watch their bots playing against each other and then we end off by getting our finalists which are then going to be they're going to showcase their bots at the rage expo on saturday october 8th on the main stage we we have a big playoff that's where we we determine who the winners are and give out the cash prizes and the big checks yeah, so it's quite a long run. So you've got between now and September to get your bot written, bot or GUI, whichever you're doing. You can get that written by the 2nd of September. And I mean, that gives quite some time. And up until that point, how active are things going on the forums? The forum you mentioned earlier, are people sharing ideas already at this point? Are they uh, talking about what they're doing? And when people do want to start playing off against other bots, are there platforms for them to... Uh, start testing that out uh, before the competition closes? Uh, so the forums, since the day we launched, has been very active with the community coming with suggestions and improvements. We had a lot of contributions to the game engines, improvements, some minor bug fixes and whatnot. So the community is very active on the forums, which is a good, a really good sign for this year's challenge. Cool. And roughly how many entries do you expect to have this year, going by past experience? Well, from what we could see on the Git history, based on people cloning and whatnot, we cannot unfortunately get accurate stats, but we're expecting upwards of 130, yeah, 130 or so. Oh, that's a good number. For a local, uh, local competition in South Africa, it's very good to see those kinds of numbers. Yeah, historically, in the last three years, it's been around 90 to 100 entrants. So this year, we're trying to get... A lot more people involved, a lot more people participating, collaborating, and um, just getting a feel for for the challenge and playing around with some AI. It's really good to hear. For, for the last few years, I've been involved with that Rails Rumble hackathon that runs over a weekend in October normally. And for a few years now, I mean, I haven't come across then three or four teams in South Africa that have actually gone ahead and entered. So it's it's really encouraging to see the local community stepping up on something like this. In all fairness, it might also be the huge prize money. But I mean, it's fantastic. It definitely pulls people in. It definitely made my, raised my eyebrows the first time I heard about it at the developer UG, I think last year or the year before. I was like, yeah, that's almost enough to pull me into writing this. But that said, I've never tried this. AI is not something I've experimented with and, and game design is not something I've experimented with. So 
I want to ask you guys, probably like a lot of listeners that listen to this and go like, ugh, you know, don't have a comp sci, haven't played with all these formulas. Like, how can you motivate me to get started and what tips can you give me to get going? So um, I think one thing we've done is the quick start bots and the guides that we've put up on GitHub and on the website. That makes it really, really, really easy to just clone it or even just download the source code and get up and going. Um, there's a bot or quick start bot in almost any language and honestly if you just download that code and make a few tweaks and submit it you have an entry already so it's not challenging at all to get something out there with regards to understanding the different algorithms and the uses of the algorithms we like we did last year we'd like to have a tour of the different user groups around johannesburg we're going to try for for other regions if possible, or possibly streaming these talks and just give everyone an overview of what AI algorithms are, um, what are they used for, where are they useful, and basically a quick crash course on how to get started with the algorithms that are most likely to make your bot the best bot for this game. We're also completely open to hosting events at our offices where uh, community members can come through and it, it all depends on interest, obviously. But if we had enough guys who are saying, hey, we want to get involved in this, we're not entirely sure how to do this, are you able to give us a crash course? Are you able to guide us and teach us? We're completely open to those kinds of ideas. Um, at the end of the day, we're trying to get as many people in the community together doing cool things, fun stuff. Uh, I mean, I can go on and on and on about saying this, but it really is the entire purpose of of this competition. Now, I think I want to like dive into that stuff a bit more. So on a previous episode, episode 25, we had... Uh, guys on from Yamakop about indie game dev. It was fantastic. They covered like a lot of the more tools, sprites, technology, like like I guess more what it takes to build indie games. So this is obviously a completely different challenge because we're not building like a saleable flashy product. We've got a, a bot that's got to go kick ass. And then like, what does it take to make one of those bots? Like what would be... Where would somebody, I don't even know how to put this, like what would be a good way to learn about resource optimization for an AI or pathfinding for an AI? Because these seem to be the two distinct challenges that you need to, or two distinct solution spaces that you need to marry for an effective bot. Yeah, so there's a there's a lot of online resources you can go and look up on. One of the popular, most popular algorithms for this year's challenge would probably be the ASTAR pathfinding algorithm. It is actually the reference bot that we include at for the guys to basically make their bot or base their bot off, uses the A-star algorithm to play the map and everything. So that's a good starting point for someone to go and have a look and improve or modify on in order to build up the entry for this year's challenge. I know that's a common algorithm that they teach graph databases with because they seem to be so well uh, well suited to that space. Yeah, it is uh, definitely. There's a whole bunch of other algorithms you can use. I can't think of them right now, but if you go Google A Store and whatnot, you'll see all the other different algorithms available. And I'm sure there are better ones suited to this challenge. So it would be interesting to see what the community come up with. I mean, in previous years, uh, last year's challenge, we got quite a couple of entrants that actually built their bots based on neural networks. So they would sit and train their bots on neural network for a couple of hundred thousand rounds 
in order for the bot to end up making its own decision in the in the competition which also seems quite popular yeah and i think that might sound very daunting these fancy words like neural networks and a star algorithms but uh, to be quite frank, if you just use the sample bot and add a few decision trees, some if statements with some clever parameters, you could have a really good bot. Our winner for the past three years, um, all he used was a game tree, which is a very simple algorithm. But he used some interesting decisions that the bot would make based on certain conditions. And that's it. That's all that he used to make his bot win. Uh, you don't have to implement these crazy algorithms that are very hard to understand to have a great bot however by trying out those algorithms you get to learn a lot and expose yourself to a lot of cool stuff that's out there yeah i couldn't agree more for charlotte there um when i initially made the reference bot for for this year's challenge the whole ai aspect of the bot felt quite daunting to me but in the end of the day it turned out so simple i wrote the bot in a little over two days Granted, it's very basic and doesn't do much, but it just goes to show how incredibly easy this can actually be. Yeah, I see you guys have sample bots covered well on the GitHub repo. There's some in C Sharp, C++, F Sharp, Node, Python 2 and 3, and Scala. So definitely plenty to choose from. Yeah, I love how you've managed to drop that barrier to entry. Yeah, it's really important for us to give the guys a solid starting point to work from. So that's probably one of the biggest things we have to focus on is, is dropping that barrier of entry, making it as easy as possible for the guys to start interacting with the game engine and to get the bot to write logic and actually make some nice decisions. We've obviously tried to cater for as many languages as, as possible, but the maintenance of these environments and the reference bots and so forth becomes becomes rather large. So we're completely open to the idea that if community members want to build a reference bot or an environment um, in different languages that we're not supporting, we're definitely open to them coming and assisting us and, and getting it up and running. Yeah, and I think just to add to that, uh, we've included this variety of reference bots to start off with because we want people to try this out. And I think it's something Intellect believe in and personally it's something I believe in quite strongly is that AI and all of these sci-fi terminology that we hear as developers or non-developers, we think is quite impossible for us to understand or even try out ourselves. And I think by providing all of these reference bots and putting this challenge out there and showing people how easy it is to actually try something simple and then work your way up to something more complex and something more intelligent, um, that's really important to just show everyone that it's not hard, you can do it. And if here in South Africa, if we want to keep up with the rest of the world that's innovating and doing all this cool stuff in that area, we're going to have to do things like this that get everyone involved, get everyone interested and show them that it's not that difficult to get started and there's a wealth of a community that's there to support you and help you and grow you and help you learn all of these these technologies and algorithms and, and um, AI-related things. So other than building game bots to play this challenge, what could somebody um, expect to, to use this newfound AI knowledge for? Like, What's the kind of practical applications you guys are starting to see emerge in the real world? And I ask this because I think Intellect's got quite a broad sweep of like a broad base of clients. Like you're seeing a lot of different things happening in a lot of different fields. Is that kind of like a part that motivates this kind of thinking to, to culture this kind of skill set? Personally, I don't think necessarily at Intellect. You, here in South Africa, we don't get a lot of 
requirements that need us to develop artificial intelligence. But there are some examples. So in the agricultural industry, we've helped build algorithms that um, can determine bacteria and how bacteria grow and analyzing data based on bacteria and plants and soil and things like that. So there is a use that that we have for our actual clients. But I think if you think a little bit bigger, um, I think if people understand how these things work, they might find problems or see gaps that they can solve using these techniques. You know, I also think AI is becoming a lot more important in our world today. I mean, if you look at the personal assistants, your series, your Google Now, Cortana, etc., then you have your Tesla self-driving cars, your Nest thermostats in the US, and it all runs on AI and is definitely something the world is moving more and more towards. So if you can start building a nice base foundation on that, you're basically ensuring that you can cope with whatever is going to be thrown at you in the future to come. Yeah, it's also quite interesting to see a lot of these bots, Facebook Messenger just introduced bots recently on their chat and people are developing bots for companies. So you can chat to your and you'll think you'll be you'll be chatting to a human, but you're actually chatting to a bot. And what's behind that may be basic AI, maybe some very advanced AI, but it's some sort of decision making that's happening in the background that's helping you answer your questions, resolve your problems without an actual person getting involved. So that's another example of how these techniques can be used in something very tangible that you can go out and build a little bot for Slack or for HipChat or for um, whatever you're using. So you can apply this and play around and see what needs it actually falls in your context. AI is also one of the kind of fastest growing sciences out there. If you have to think about things like gravity and all the rest of it, those things have been figured out. And and AI is a place where we haven't quite grasped it. There's so much room for, um, you know, technological advancements in AI and, and people that can get involved in it have have a real opportunity in actually making a change to the way the world works. Um, I kind of like that whole concept, you know, that you could be the person that comes up with the next latest, greatest AI algorithm or or way of doing things. And you basically forever etch your name in history. But then I also see we've got a lot of AI related tools coming out. Uh, Google's just released that, uh, Parsi McPassface, I can't get over that name. Uh, but uh, Syntax Nate. Yes, that one. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, it is the best and worst name for, of a tool you made. But you don't need to be, a, be able to do natural language processing to be able to uh, now get, be able to read into natural language. They've taken a lot of the details and the research from all of their expertise and package that up in a way that we can really easily get into. And I think that, again, is lowering that barrier to entry to getting into AI, building something like a Slack bot, as you were mentioning. Yeah, I think uh, another hot topic is machine learning. And that's what a lot of these popular technologies that we're reading about um, are implementing. They're using some sort of machine learning. So theoretically, if you're building a bot and you have enough data, you can use machine learning to train it on how it should behave. And machine learning might sound like something very tricky, but it's also really just data science. It's understanding how to work with data and what predictions you can make with data. And although there's a lot of statistics and maths and scientific formulas that go behind it, 
people have made it very easy to get in into that. There's open source libraries out there that you really need to understand what part of that algorithm do I need um, for the use that I have. You don't really need to know how it works. And a lot of these cool libraries and technologies like Parsimic, Parseface, and um, a whole bunch else out there helps us do. So I'm going to be that guy that asks, Is could you consider machine learning and AI different sides of the same coin? Is it just was it like a Venn diagram with a huge overlap? Are they actually completely separate principles? Like, What's the dis distinction between them? Okay, I can give you an opinionated view on that. Um, personally, I think machine learning and AI are closely related. I think that... Personally, I think machine learning is part of artificial intelligence. Um, if you draw a Venn diagram, it would be inside that circle of AI. The reason why I say that is, what do we define as artificial intelligence? And I have many debates about this with my team and my colleagues. Um, what's intelligence? What's artificial intelligence? If One of the examples we, we came up with while debating this is, if you could theoretically create a decision tree that included every possibility of everything that could possibly happen in the world, is that considered AI? Because it could make a decision and predict exactly what's going to happen because it has every single permutation of what could happen. So is that considered AI? If you think about it, well, it's making a conscious decision about something. The fact that it's a giant, unoptimized decision tree um, doesn't really mean anything. So the way I see it is machine learning helps us make decisions and tries to be intelligent about it. And personally, I think that forms part of artificial intelligence. I guess it all comes down to what your definition of intelligence or artificial intelligence is. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a difficult label to put on top of it. Yeah, to me, it feels like uh, getting to a point of a machine being able to make decisions on its own first requires you to have some kind of machine learning in place for it to understand its environment. I don't know. Maybe I'm just rambling. Well, I guess the machine learning part could almost be outsourced. I might be speaking completely out of place here, but my understanding from the SyntaxNet stuff that Google released and some of the other TensorFlow projects they released is one of the uh, good pieces of value in there is that they already give you a trained set, like a training set or like a brain that's been taught. Like there's some state that you inherit. That makes that could save you hours of trying to figure out how to train this thing, and you can just get like a quick ramp off off there. And even looking at their sample code, you tend to see a lot of this like train snapshot, train snapshot, train snapshot idea. So the machine learning part seems very well covered there, and that's probably only like a big phase in the beginning. And then as you start using your AI, you would help it correct its decisions. You would teach it with incremental little machine learning part. So I guess to me, at least it looks like in the same project, you'll probably start off with like building your machine learning plumbing and then your AI stuff underneath. If you have a learning component, I don't know for the games, for instance, it doesn't make sense. You'll be posed with a challenge, a state of the world, and you've got to make the best decision you possibly can, take a step and then like learn again what the world looks like now and iterate like that. That's a bit different. Yeah, machine learning can definitely be applied to games. It's it's not always required though. Like Rochelle said, if you draw a Venn diagram, it will be machine learning will be inside of AI. You don't always need machine learning in order to get a successful AI going. But in some cases, it, it will help. Like if you take uh, Google's AlphaGo, they essentially used machine learning where it ran a hundred couple of million iterations of the AlphaGo games in order to train itself and learn how to play the game and what could possibly intuitively be the best moves to make. 
Yeah, I think part of the whole process is number one, data. You need access to data from which your algorithm will be able to learn from. You'll need a data set that's of the same format that a, an algorithm can then work on to determine if it's actually useful or not. The algorithms that you use to process that data could be whatever AI algorithm you want or that's applicable to that context. But I think that whole process of gathering that data, preparing it, processing it with your algorithms, and then coming up with something useful, that would be machine learning. Um, and that would also form part of your AI. So it's very hard to to differentiate, you know, what algorithm is AI? Is it classified as AI? Is it classified as machine learning? The way I see it is you don't need to classify everything as long as it's doing something useful for you. I read in an uh, interesting article the other day where they say like regular AI is kind of like modeling the world, but machine learning is modeling the mind. Um, you know, a programmer for regular AI could say, um, and I'm calling it regular AI because I have no other word for it at this point, but essentially it's programming clever tricks and how to actually navigate through the world. And machine learning is giving the machine the ability to learn how to navigate the world. That That's kind of like my differentiation between the two. Yeah, that's really neat. It's subtle, but but very neat. Then I, I wanted to ask you guys as well, we kind of mentioned it briefly in the prequel, is, is Elon Musk and his whole control the AI, set the rules kind of thing. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Or, or actually even before that, like if you have, give us a bit of background about what all that is. Okay, um, well... I have some opinions on that. I really love what um, Elon Musk has done in terms of innovation. Personally, I take a lot of inspiration from him and use him as an example in a lot of the talks and things that I do. But uh, some of, I mean, you can't agree with everything that someone says. And one of the things is setting rules around AI and um, regulation so that when someone develops AI, it meets a certain criteria and it doesn't break certain rules. And... That doesn't really fit with my understanding or my vision of what artificial intelligence should be. So if you want to really achieve artificial intelligence um, that's comparable to human intelligence, it's very hard to set restrictions and finite binary rules into that and expect it to still evolve to a state that we expect. That's just not how AI works. If you want something that can evolve into something that humans are or into a way that humans think, it will need to evolve naturally. And if you think about when you were a kid growing up, basically everything was possible. Uh, there were no rules. There were some rules that were set on you, but you could break those rules. It wasn't, it wasn't that you can't do this ever. It's that you've done this, it was wrong, and you can learn from it. So that's the way I see AI evolving. If you're evolving something and you want it to be its best, you can't really restrict it by by putting these constraints around it. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, they do seem to label open AI as leader or rule setter. But it seems they've also released some good software. It seems it's compatible with um, TensorFlow, but that's just from perusing like one paragraph on the website. I completely forgot the name and had to Google it while you were, were talking, but we'll link up to that in the show notes as well. OpenAI, TensorFlow. I don't know if, if you guys have any other recommendations later on for good libraries if people want to get their hands wet with, with AI. Yeah, I think um, another one that I've been playing around with is Scikit-learn. It's available for Python. Well, it's, it's Python, uh, JavaScript. There's a whole bunch of wrappers for it. 
And uh, that's a pretty cool library if you're just getting started with machine learning. We're actually going to be covering some of that in an AI hackathon that we're hosting this week as well. Ooh, what's the details about the AI hackathon? I mean, I, I... so a few weekends now, I could say a few months ago, one of the weekends I came across some cool tutorials and videos around machine learning, and it just showed how easy it is to get started and get something valuable out and actually understand how these things work. So I decided to start an AI meetup here in Johannesburg with the whole goal of getting developers more in touch with what's going on in the AI and machine learning world. So uh, playing with the libraries that are out there, understanding how they work, understanding where they're useful, um, and just really coding at the meetup. We don't want to have really long talks that people just listen to. We want to get people's hands dirty with, um, with these AI tools and technologies. So there's also the Intelligence Group, which is a separate meetup here in Johannesburg, and they have some great talks by professors and a lot of people in the academic industry. Uh, however, it's not really focused towards developers, and that's why I started the AI meetup, which would be focused towards developers and getting them skilled in those areas. And how often are these meetups running? So the first one's happening on this week, Thursday, at Intellect HQ. Um, from what I can tell, there's just over 50 people that RSVP'd for it, so a lot more than I expected. I was expecting to keep the group quite small so we could um, just discuss and collaborate, but the more the merrier. So the first one's this Thursday, and I plan on having one every month um, after that. Um, the venue is open to change, but we find that that intellect uh, intellect's a pretty good venue. They provide food, they provide drinks, and... Um, the area is quite nice. Oh, that's cool. We'll make sure to add a link to the show notes. This episode will come out after the first one, um, but we'll tweet and help make some noise. That's pretty cool that you guys are setting this up. I think I need a, a workshop like that just to cross that initial like chasm or you know like clear the fog of war. I've got no idea where to start with any of this stuff. Yeah, definitely. That's the whole point of this. So the first session is actually an introductory session. We're going to be covering um, the basics of AI. What is AI? What algorithms are out there? Where are they applicable? Where are they useful? And then we're going to dive into some tutorials on machine learning with the scikit-learn library. So that's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to meeting everyone and taking them through that. Um, we also might host a independent meetup for the Intellect Challenge. So part of the AI meetup, we'll have a hackathon dedicated to the Intellect Challenge where people can come through and get started with their bots. So if they have no idea where to start, we'll have people there that can help them get started and push them in the right direction. Um, obviously, that's based on how much interest we get in the event, but we're also hoping to have something like that for people interested in the challenge. I know, guys, that sounds really, really good. I don't know, is there anything else that we needed to cover? Um, that's important around this challenge that we maybe just didn't ask the questions or around AI in general, something that you guys still want to share? From our side, no, I, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Um, I mean, obviously, we're looking forward to to everyone getting involved, coming through to, to any events that we do host. Um, we we are hoping that university students will, will take part in, in the challenge this year. Um, you know, we... We're trying to get, um, you know, the, the, those students involved in the professional community as well. And we kind of figured that this is one of the best ways of um, then meeting um, and possibly even forming like mentor relationships with professionals that are out there. Yeah. And if anyone is interested in developing a bot for 
this year's challenge, they can just go to the Intellect Challenge website. The instructions to getting started are all on there. The GitHub page has even more information if they want to go have a look there. And yeah, good luck to anyone entering. That is awesome, guys. I hope this goes well this year. Look forward to seeing the, the bots that come through and they'll see them play against each other, perhaps at Rage. Just one more thing from my side. I'm a huge fan of a blog called waitbutwhy.com. Uh, some of you may have heard of it, but if you really don't understand the importance of AI and where we're heading and the advancements of, of our technology, I'd recommend having a look at the guys. Uh, if you really want to understand how important artificial intelligence is and where we're heading and the rate that we're accelerating from a technological point of view, um, have a read on Wait But Why. And the article is around super intelligence and AI. And the guy puts it into perspective um, of how much we've accomplished so far as humans and how much we should be doing in the future and how exponential that growth is. So personally, I found that really interesting. I think it'll be a great read for everyone out there. I have to second waitbutwhy.com. The guy, the author wrote a few posts on Elon Musk uh, some time ago. I see two or three of them are on the homepage covering like Tesla and SpaceX and everything else he's doing. And he really took like a deep dive to to help, you know, like laymen like us understand where this guy's going. So he's a great, great guy. And I believe he's a TED speaker and it's fantastic stuff. Cool. I think that's about it. Well, I haven't got any other, any other questions. Uh, should we start doing some picks? Kenny? Yes. Um, I only really have one. I thought it was kind of related to this, but we it got uh, mentioned in the show several times, the syntax net or Parsi McPars face. <laughs> Just love the planet. Um, <laughs> not that it's in my ability to use, but I did a bunch of research around sentiment analysis um, a few months ago for project. And I was like, where was something like this when I needed it? So it's just exciting to see the kind of stuff that Google puts out. And I guess with that goes TensorFlow and all the amazing stuff that they've put out there. I'd make those my picks. Great. Um, Henny, have you got picks that you can share? One of the members in the community, he started doing a video log about uh, developing his bot for the challenge. And I think it could be a nice place for other entrants also to get some additional info into how the game engine and everything works. So his channel on YouTube is Kujalia Studio, K-U-J-A-L-I-A. So that could be a nice um, source for people to go to to get some more info if they can't get it on the forum or the website from us. That sounds really cool. Rashawn, have you got anything you want to share? Um, I think Wait But Why was my pick, but I mentioned it prematurely, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I really I really like that blog. It's very interesting. Um, just puts everything into perspective really nicely. I can't really think of anything else off the top of my head. Uh, Thomas, anything else before we close this up? From my side, um, Microsoft have a set of services uh, called... I think it's called Cognitive Services. It was previously under the brand of Project Oxford. Um, and it's basically they've put together a set of APIs that you can um, utilize in your app development. Things like um, speech recognition, facial recognition, and that kind of stuff. So they're, they're basically allowing you to use their machine AI, machine-based AI um, in your apps and so forth. Yeah. I've got two picks. Um, I'm going to punt Simon van Dijk, uh, developer of Platform 45. He's given a couple of really good AI talks. Uh, Ruby Fuser gave a talk called The Birds and the Bees, where he spoke about diagnosing or machine learning and uh, diagnosing cancer with 
uh, using Ruby. And then he gave a similar talk at Madison Ruby in the States last year as well. So really distills the basics of AI down into something that's really visible. So go take a look at those videos. I second that. Simon's talks on the topic is fantastic. Yeah, that was my kind of introduction to all of this, and it really just made it so accessible. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for joining us uh, on, on this Monday night. It's getting close to 10 o'clock here. So I really appreciate your time. That's it then for episode 43 of ZA Dev Chat. Uh, you can follow us on, on Twitter at ZA Dev Chat. We're on Google Plus and Facebook as well. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us ratings. And until next week, that's it from ZA Dev Chat. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Cheers.